This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast, episode 742. We are back. Are you going to start doing the woos again? Maybe. Please no. Please no. Got, got a nature boy Ric Flair up in here. Woo! Well, this is an NBA podcast. Come on, man. Have some respect. Triple H is back, though. He's the WWE champion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it's it not... could be 1999 when you're listening to it. It could be Absolutely. 1999. <laughs> I am Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Widmer and Dave Oster for the second time. And today we're going to be talking about the idiot himself. Is that going to become a thing, too? For it, the third time. Yeah. It is a Cal Ripken-like time. streak. <laughs> For the what for the two thousand one hundred and sixty ninth time, Dave Oster joining us here on the Fast Break Podcast. Well done. Today we're talking about the idiot himself, Blake Griffin, the number one overall pick in twenty eleven. He's gonna be out for four to six weeks, but Doc doesn't believe that. He thinks it's gonna be longer than that. For punching a player assistant. How does Blake's injury change this West? It uh, it doesn't change a lot because the Clippers, regardless of Blake's status, are still winning. Actually, they're, they're winning better. even more without Blake in this lineup, which makes almost no sense until you start to think about how the ball moves much better with him off the court. Mm-hmm. Blake is, like you said previously, a big defense or not a big defensive presence. He is fantastic on the lobs. He is great as far as the long distance twos. But that ball, I don't know what it is. But you watch the Clippers play without him. Ball movement's fantastic. It seems like they've got individual roles and everybody's being used a little bit better. I feel well, like it. Yeah, well, I feel like it's more like Blake Griffin. They need to get him the ball, and mm-hmm. Blake's Blake's good like moving the ball. He averages like five assists, so he's yeah. he's a good passer. But it's more just like I feel like they want to have Blake Griffin be the star when it should really be Chris Paul. Yeah, and then you got to you know have the offense run through him. I mean, Blake Griffin's the scoring. You know, he's he's leading the team in scoring when he's on the court. But I think that's just because it's the offense goes through him. And Blake, I mean, he's been out since December 26th with uh, a knee injury. But from December 26th to today when we're recording it, the Clippers are 14-3 and without him, without Blake Griffin in the lineup. Well, that's like the one thing I was going to say is when they first broke the, oh, Blake Griffin broke his hand, punching an assistant. I kind of looked up at my TV and went, he's not even playing right now. No. I'm no. Like, like, he's irrelevant right now. He's mm-hmm. been out for so long that I kind of forgot he was even a thing. I could see that. I mean, it doesn't really. I mean, the Clippers are better, and they keep talking well, about. They kept talking about like how. Let's be honest. I kind of forgot the Clippers were a thing too, because to me, the West is just okay. When do we get, get that to, top three? Right. And when, do, when do we get to the real matchup of the Western Conference Finals when it's Warriors Spurs with Tim Duncan? When do we see that matchup? Because oh, obviously, we see got like, a little yeah. asterisk there yeah. for that ass whip yeah, we gave them. Yeah, <laughs> Well, we see that Tim Duncan should account for 31 yeah. points as they lose by 31. <laughs> I think that's how it works He's out, a yeah. plus 30 differential yeah. <laughs> take. But like, I mean, like with Blake Griffin, though, it's it. the Clippers to me, maybe it's because I'm not on the West Coast, irrelevant for me here in Chicago. I'm just like, oh, okay, he's still a thing. Maybe if he came back and played and then punched the player, I'd be like, okay, this is a bigger thing. But with Blake Griffin... With him being out, it's not going to hurt the Clippers at all because, like Dave said, they're doing great right now. However, the only reason it hurts the Clippers is, okay, if he's not back before this trade deadline, we can't trade him. We need to trade him because we're better without him. That's what If I'm the management, that's what I'm thinking. We're better without him. So let's think about moving it. And they've, they've shown that they're better without him because J.J.'s getting more time. Mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford's getting more time, and he's shooting the lights out. 
DeAndre Jordan's more. I say DeAndre Jordan proved yeah. last at the end of last year what he can do when he's working solo down in the post. And it is phenomenal. Well, that's the reason why Mark Cuban was, you know, going to his house and yep. holding him hostage. Well, I was going to say that's the only thing that Blake Griffin's probably good for: barricading the door with a chair, and making <laughs> sure that Deion Jordan doesn't go to Dallas. I'm surprised he didn't punch De- uh, DeAndre. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, you're, gonna, you're going to Dallas right across the face with a left hook, <laughs> and then he signs it while he signs it using <laughs> DeAndre's hand while DeAndre's unconscious. But I mean, I just I don't think Blake Griffin's like a big. Factor. I mean, maybe it's because, like we said, we're not watching the West Coast games. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, looking at the stat sheet, it, he has ridiculous and stupid numbers, like Dave said previously. But he doesn't seem like he should be a huge factor. And it seems like the Clippers have been this team that, like, they should be good, but they just don't work together. And it seems like once you take out Blake Griffin, they work much better because they can just, you know, pass it around and get the open shooter, the open Well, I mean, look. what was it, the Josh Smith effect last year? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You get rid of, you know, a big who has... Great stat sheet number. Well, he didn't have great stat. He had decent numbers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, your team just picks up and starts working again. So, yeah. I don't know. Something to be said about that. I mean, yeah, it was Josh Pitt, uh, Josh Smith went from the Pistons to the Rockets, and yep. that seems like the Rockets kind of clicked. But I don't know what it was because he didn't really add anything to that team. And now he went back to the Rockets. From the Clippers, the Clippers, yeah. yeah. The Clippers like, pay, are paying the Rockets <laughs> yep. to keep them, too. I mean, just Blake Griffin, again, he's just not a huge factor. No. And I don't know... If it's maybe his, it's his playing style where he he needs to have the ball in his hand. And he's not really like a guy who can post up. He's more of a guy who needs to have like space so he can either how, drive. How or have you shoot. described it, Dave? Uh, kind of like a LeBron James game. Uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. It's not pretty. <laughs> like like he has the one thing that's that's great for Sports Center, which is those alley oop dunks, and it's fantastic to mm-hmm. watch. But outside of that, watching Blake Griffin play, I don't know, it doesn't have the same appeal as watching like Steph Curry go down the court and just drop threes on people. Oh, Old school so Kobe, just the, the turnaround, the untouchable turnaround. That's the, a- thing. the AI crossover. The step Kyrie over. even. <laughs> like Westbrook, all these players who are fantastic with the ball moving. Blake, I don't know what it is. He's a he's really athletic for what? big, and yet it's just... You know, what it is, not is that he's just big. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you can't stop him going to the basket mm-hmm. because he's a tank. But like outside of that, if he's not moving, then you could just he's easy to stop. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, it, it's really just all right. Here's a lob by Blake Griffin and Blake Griffin's in this Clippers highlight because it's a lob. And then you look at the statue and he's got like 24 points mm-hmm. because it's like in the fourth yep. quarter. He's garbage like 24 time. and 14. I'm like, where the f- did that come from? Yeah. But DeAndre's a better, like, a true big, and he's he works better in that Clippers system because, yeah. you know, they can give it inside that spreads out the floor because everyone's going to flock towards DeAndre, and then DeAndre just passes it out, and J.J. Reddick's open on the wing for three. Where, you know, Blake Griffin, if they give it inside to DeAndre, DeAndre has to look for Blake Griffin, you know, in a mid-range start jumper. a little bit. Exactly, because yeah. then Blake Griffin's out near the three-point line, but he's not at the three-point line, so you can't Jesus pass it Christ. to J.J. that man learned to step there. back three steps, <laughs> well, his numbers. Well... A thing that I was going to bring up is there's a guy in Cleveland who's not too happy, and people aren't too happy with him in Cleveland I'm talking who can about shoot it, the three. I'm going to give you a clue. Does his last name have to do with maybe something with a heart? Hearts usually lead to this. Starts th- with an L. Uh, the guy in Cleveland mm-hmm. you're talking about? Is, love? You, you know what? What? Got lead to more love? specific. No? More nah. specific, no. man. I don't understand. Yeah. I'm not following that. <laughs> way, too, way too broad. Not sure where he's going with that. Yeah, neither do I. What I was talking about was Kevin Love. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 of the course. Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, the, the big stretch four, who is not having fun in Cleveland and who the Cavs thought were was getting traded I think when not they hired fun Tyron is probably the best description. Uh, that's the nicest way you yeah. can say it. I like how they're at top of the <laughs> he East, seems but he's sad. not having fun. Not having fun at top of the he East. He seems sad. He, he doesn't he's look like he's having a fun time. Well, he's not the main guy anymore. 
Well, I don't he even wouldn't be the main guy. He needs to be the main with, guy. With the T Wolves, he was the main guy. And it's he like, just cool, needs to not be LeBron's team. He was the only guy in Minnesota yeah. when that was well, happening too. He's kind of learning what Chris Bosh had to go through. Because let's think of it this way: <laughs> this big three in Cleveland is exactly like the big three in Miami, where Kyrie's <laughs> I'm like, sorry. wait, I wait, see- wait, wait. Kyrie comes in, or LeBron comes in. Yeah. Kyrie goes, wait a second, LeBron. I know that hometown and everything, but. I, I was here when you left, so this is kind of my team. Kind of like D-Wade. It, the Heat was D-Wade's team. Chris Bosh was like the little baby brother, and K-Love is like, wait a second, I don't want to be that. Chris Bosh was happy being that. K-Love is not. That's I, I not had some fun. fundamental flaws with that because, one, Kyrie Irving didn't win a championship for his city. <laughs> So Dwayne Wade kind of had that on his shoulder. Oh no, I'm not saying it's my that city. It's, it's exactly my team. D Wade, but Kyrie Irving, Kyrie's also a little like, like, wait a minute, isn't hometown yeah. Cleveland? LeBron is. So therefore, it's LeBron's team. No matter However, where the, but LeBron when, wants to play when there. When LeBron comes in, it's like, wait a second, you diss this team, you diss this hometown. When you left, I was the one that got drafted and had to kind of put everything back together. So I see it kind of the same way. Not exact carbon copy. But it's kind of the same way. That, the only like, difference is K-Love is not Chris Bosh and is not all happy being LeBron's bitch. It's like 10% similar. I'm on Davis' ball. This is say, like yeah. not working. Because Kyrie didn't do like outside of winning rookie of the Your year. Your best case is there's three of them. Yeah. And there were three of them in Miami. <laughs> That's what you got going for you right and now. Then one the of them big, a power the bigger, forward. The bigger, right. point I was tra- the bigger point I was trying to make, and this is the part you guys are totally looking over, is that Chris Bosh... Was okay. Okay, as long as we win a championship, I'm fine being the third wheel. Chris yeah. Love chose is, to follow yeah, LeBron, yeah. though. He and was he already knew what he was signing up K. for. K. Love is sitting there going, like, he gets traded. Okay, I got traded. I didn't choose to come here. However, if we win a championship, that's fine. Yeah. Then they don't win a championship. And he's like, well, wait a second. If we're not going to win a championship, why do I have to be the third wheel? But also, Chris Bosh was a, just a, he's a different player than Kayla. I know, I know he's kind of now stepped back to the three, but like, you know, Chris Bosh was like used to like playing in the post and just moving around where Kayla is now like supplanted out and like on the three point line. Like he's, he's completely changed his way from like being a versatile player where he's around the Absolutely. court where Chris Bosh is now just, you know, Chris Bosh was used to this in general. So he really didn't have to change up his play style where Kevin Love did. And the other thing to remember is this is a team that would have probably won the championship last year had they had a healthy team. Yeah. You got to remember, you didn't have a healthy Kyrie, Kyrie. didn't have a healthy Love. Love wasn't even there because so, of Kelly Olenek. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> Just break the arm. I mean, so I don't. I, I, I could see the anger over, oh, okay, we didn't win it last year, but I mean, like, it's because he doesn't get to play his game. He's just being a, I don't want to say, like, a one-dimensional player, but that's the way that Cleveland has been using him, and I don't see any way of changing that without changing up that roster. And I think the way you change that roster up is how it took us a long way to get to this, but mm-hmm. I think, I honestly, I see the trade working out perfectly in my head. Does Blake Kayla- fit, though? K love for Blake Griffin and honestly does he fit? I, I think he does because you know he's kind of similar into what Chris Bosh was in uh in Miami. He's where, much closer to it. Yeah, yeah where I mean, he he can step out and but he can also drive and he's also can play the post a little bit. So I feel like he's more similar to that Chris Bosh that mm-hmm. LeBron wants. Where K love, I mean K love can you know he should be moving around consistently and he shouldn't be supplanted. Where K, Blake Griffin can basically do that. We're also Blake, making Griffin the Cavs the ugliest team in the NBA because we've got who Dave said Blake Griffin. It just looks ugly. 
LeBron James. Just but at the same time, league. two of the most athletic mm-hmm. bigs yeah. in the league that we've ever seen. Actually, I mean, that's, think about that. And that's also Sports Center's dream, right there. K. Love or uh, Blake Griffin and oh, LeBron yeah. James on the Kyrie same just team, whipping it down the court. Yeah. I mean, that's LeBron so, like behind the back alley oop, and Blake Griffin <laughs> like jumps from the three point line and slams it home with two hands. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's Sports Center so, porn. So right is uh, Mozgov going to turn into DeAndre Jordan or what? Like if he goes crazy, <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. There, yeah, there's just no DeAndre there. There's like I don't. know. <laughs> I mean, well, but Hoy, think about this on the I boards. Think, Hoy, honestly, I think this might be the biggest problem is that you trade Blake Griffin to Mozgov, and Mozgov's known for that Blake Griffin dunk where Blake Griffin just jumped oh, up and yeah. threw it in over his head. So there might be some ill will there. Exactly. Mozgov might be scared to step out <laughs> of the court with Blake Griffin because he doesn't know where that ball's going. But I just I think Blake Griffin kind of fits better than K Love, and I feel like you know that athleticism just kind of makes. I mean, and Tyron Lewis said that he wants. Cleveland to be a quicker team. He doesn't want them to be setting up. He wants like quick, fast-paced offense. Fat. He also called them fat. He wants them They're to be. Shape. Yeah. He wants them to start running and get them like in shape and have them be a quick team. Blake Griffin makes you that quick team. I mean, you have to wait four to six weeks mm-hmm. for the hand to heal up. But honestly, this is a team that can afford to wait four to six weeks. They're already exactly. winning the East, and it's They're not going like, to win the East. As I was saying, no Toronto's given some trouble, but Toronto I mean, is a fun yeah. team to watch. But at the same time, like I'm sorry, you put LeBron and Kyrie in, and it's hard to lose yeah. games. Here's the only thing that I think of, though, with K-Love and why I think the Cavs might not trade him. Hmm. And it goes solely off of the Cleveland right now, like we said, is winning the East. They're going to win the East. They're going to be number one. Maybe they go, hey, we don't need to change anything because they're not thinking about, oh, well, when we get to Golden State, when we get to San Antonio, when we uh, maybe the Thunder, let's be honest, it's not going to be the Thunder. Probably not. When we get to that finals, oh wait, we should have thought about this back in February. You say that like the the Cavs don't want to change up anything because mm-hmm. they're winning. They mm-hmm. just fired their head coach because of I mean they were winning. Like they wanted to bring in Tyron Lue, and I feel like they had a Blake, postseason preview matchup back to back and the, proved they just don't have it. And Blake Griffin's more athletic to you know cover a Lamarcus Aldridge and cover a Draymond Green. Where I mean that might be you know what Cleveland's kind of you know losing out on mm-hmm. is that they don't have the athletic big, or in their mind they don't have that that athletic big. And Caleb's not like a star defender, and he's not one of the worst defenders. Mm-hmm. He's, he's middle of the pack. He ranks 14th defensively among power forwards. And, you know, if there's 30 starting power forwards, he's in the middle. But Blake Griffin, he might not be – he doesn't have statistically better numbers. He's not, like, averaging more blocks than Caleb or more steals. They're they're kind of hovering around the same numbers. But Blake Griffin's just big – he's just more – he's quicker to, you well, know, and cover like that. like said, he's more athletic. And, and I mean, quite a bit more physical, too. Yeah. And with the – Warriors, I'm going to use them as the example because to me, I'm sorry, San Antonio. Right now, I do not have you in the finals. I have the Warriors in the finals. And I mean, whether it's Draymond down low or when they stretch it out with Barnes and their other players other than Clay Thompson and mm-hmm. Steph Curry, maybe having an athletic Blake Griffin could help the Cavs. Like, hey, you know what? When he can guard outside, he can guard inside. Kay loves a good defender. He's not bad. But he's not that – the athleticism for me is what Blake brings to the table. When I think of, like, you know, the reason why they want an athletic defender is just I think of the finals in Draymond mm-hmm. Green is that, you know, Blake Griffin's quick enough to defend Draymond Green. And the big thing is that, like, Draymond Green's unstoppable on the pick and roll with Steph Curry because you can't leave Steph open because, yep. you know, you got to have him, you know someone on him because a, a three-pointer is just mm-hmm. a layup for him. And then you got to cover – uh, Draymond because Draymond could hit any shot so it's just well and I know there's cab fans right now throwing stuff at their computers or throwing their iPhone because they're like guys Caleb didn't play 
when we played the Warriors last year. But he, but played, he played earlier this year. Yeah, he played yeah. this season, yeah. <laughs> when you guys got demolished, it's much pl- like the Spurs I said, did. That's a pretty clear picture <laughs> of what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think it works out for both teams because K. Love is going to get out of this, you know, toxic situation mm-hmm. in Cleveland. He's going to go back to his hometown in L.A. He played at UCLA, so I mean, that's kind of an easy fit there. Kevin Love kind of fits more with that system where you know he can step outside and shoot with like a JJ Redick or like a Jamal Crawford if like Crawford drives or like if Paul drives mm-hmm. he can step out. That's a great pick and pop role. But then he could also play with DeAndre Jordan like in cutting situations where he could even post up. And I feel like if Blake Griffin's averaging like these kind of numbers, K Love might be able to go back to like the 2020 days of K Love. So I feel like it works better because you know Doc Rivers gets out Blake Griffin who's kind of you know adding problems to this Clippers locker room. You get him out of here. It makes Cleveland a better team. Cleveland mm-hmm. might be able to deal with his problems better because it's not a big market like L.A. is. I know the situation happened in Toronto, but, you know, he might say so he'll make new friends to punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll punch LeBron in the face. Wouldn't that oh, be something? Oh, God. Know. Could you imagine Maybe he'll that punch happened? Delhi. Then you'll, <laughs> then you'll love Blake Griffin. I mean, I, I would will. love Blake Griffin <laughs> to punch Del Vidova in the face. But then you know, Delhi might be yeah. going. Delhi might be going in the trade. My, when I worked it out in the trade machine, mm-hmm. I, I just think in K Love for Blake Griffin works straight up. But I think you know Cleveland will want uh, or L A will want more than that. So you get K Love and picks possibly, or even K Love and Delhi because the salaries work. Delhi's an expiring contract, and he's also you know just good off the bench for defense because mm-hmm. JJ Reddick's not the best defender in the world. Jamal Crawford's not the best defender no. in the world. I mean, outside of Chris Paul, there's no really guards that can defend on that team. So I feel like you'd add you know some grit that you're losing in Blake Griffin with Delhi. De- Delhi. But on the other hand, I mean, Clippers as far as getting rid of people, Stevenson. People forget that man's been sitting on the bench for a lot of the season. He doesn't seem to be being used at all. I'm not saying when he's in, he's fantastic, but mm-hmm. he's a young guy. He's still 25. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's there's got to be hope. Can he Somebody coexist, can use him? Can he coexist on the same uh, team that he did a little into the face of? I mean, <laughs> possibly. I mean, I, 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 there was a little uh, during practice. He's blowing on LeBron past past uh, past Pacers Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance Stevenson was kind of buddying up to Paul George and George Hill. <laughs> So maybe the Pacers, you know, make the trade. Maybe picks for Lance Stevenson. So Lance Stevenson can get in a familiar position. So you go back you know, home. Come back, yeah. Not and then, home, home, but you know what I mean. And then if the Pacers are in the eighth seed, then they go up against Cleveland. And then we can hear the <laughs> all over again. That sweet, sweet whisper. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able. To, I wouldn't be able to go on Twitter for like two months if he got traded back to the Pacers and oh played Cleveland in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think that trade. Blake Griffin for K Love works straight up, and I think it should happen. If that's a, like a if it happens, that's a, like a big. Well, block it does seem trade. like a win win. Yeah. yeah, and if you're sitting there going, "Well, but Ricky Dave said he's been sitting on the bench. Why?" I don't think it's because Lance Stevenson's up. Like, oh, you're bad. We're gonna sit you because when he played 22 against the Lakers this past Friday, it was he had 16 points, five rebounds. To be fair, Lakers, Lakers. It like was the, the Lakers, but I mean, you give him 20 plus minutes. Okay, he can do something. It's just like you've said before, Dave. They just don't know how to use him. Yeah, I mean, he got he had such an open case previously, and now he got passed off to the Clippers because he didn't perform last year. And yeah, the Clippers, didn't perform in Charlotte at no, all. No, no. I mean, it just total whiff. It's been Pacers. The Pacers is the only team exactly. he's really performed on. And but you be- saw the potential. I yeah. mean, he mm-hmm. was an absolute monster. He's running everywhere. He was almost putting up triple doubles. This guy is so long, so athletic. 
And it's just, I don't know what needs to click right for him. Maybe it's the atmosphere. And that's, I, I think you could have a point with going back home. Yeah, and then final thoughts on Lance Stevenson, because mm-hmm. we're talking about Blake Griffin. I know, but, yeah. I know I'm sorry. Well, it's more of a Clipper yeah, discussion. If, yeah. we, if we do tree, We're trying to fix this yeah. Clippers team so they can compete in the West, because they are... They, Chris Paul is underrated. Chris Paul is the second best point guard in the league, in my opinion. But that's a behind, bold statement behind Steph Curry. That's a bold statement. I don't. Who, who else is better? Lowry, maybe. I mean, Lowry's playing lights out. But I would still pick Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been consistent through. Like, if you look mm-hmm. at his rookie year to now, consistent, ridiculous you're numbers. Right, you're right. So, I mean, I feel like Chris Paul. He's he is a point guard that should be winning an NBA championship, and if he doesn't win an NBA championship in career, his career, he'll probably be like a top five player who never won an NBA championship. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, it's stupid how Chris Paul has never won a championship. And I see if they trade Blake Griffin, they kind of turn into like the old Warriors, maybe, but with a better big in DeAndre Jordan. I'm yeah. gonna throw this out there: if CP3 doesn't win a title, are we then saying, well, okay, who's the best player to never win a title, AI or CP3? I mean, I, I'd still say AI, but are we throwing then CP3 into that kind of pool? Of- AI had a better prime. CP3 had career longevity. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, if I'm picking a player to draft, I'd, I, I'd pick Chris Paul. But I mean, if I'm picking a guy for a Love pickup AI. game, I'm picking AI. I was gonna Love say. AI. So it, it's it's different. Like AI is the more dynamic player, yeah. and AI has I mean, the better highlights. But I've, Chris, I feel like, like Chris Paul. We've is had a comment, We've had comments. We've others have said it. Just that AI could arguably. Be arguably be the best player to never win an NBA Finals. Yeah, there's a lot of other players, though. I can't think of, like, a lot of older mm-hmm. players yeah. who, like, yeah. put up ridiculous numbers. Like, I don't think, I, Oscar Robinson won a championship, but, like, you know, Oscar Robinson Same era. Tr- yeah. Yeah, triple-double in a whole season. But the one thing I wanted to ask to kind of, because uh, you said we're nearing the end of this Blake Griffin discussion, just a simple yes or no if you're the Clippers, because of what happened, do you trade Blake Griffin? A definitive yes or a definitive yes. no? I think it pushed over the line. I mean, they were already winning, and now he's drawing attention mm-hmm. to himself in a negative manner. He's not going to be there anyway. Why not? I It's an easy yes for me. I think they're a better team even – I mean, even regardless of the punch, I feel like they should have maybe traded him now because you see what they are with him having this knee injury. He's They're just a better team without him. Exactly. And I feel like a, 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 another team would pay a big ticket to get Blake Griffin on their team, even uh, without the, the off-court issues and on-court I mean, on, they see the encore productiveness, and they Bounces see that outweighs. Out. Yeah, see, outweighs I'm in, there. I'm in agreement with Sean. I say trade him. However, I just brought up the question because there is an article on ESPN where Doc Rivers basically said, "You got to forgive." He goes, and I quote, "He feels awful about it. He being Blake Griffin, and he's letting everyone know about it. That's all you can do. You have to forgive people at some point. I believe that we built a whatever library. Blah blah blah. My goodness, Doc Rivers. End quote." Both is you just got to forgive them. So it looks like the Clippers may not be taking our advice and maybe keeping them. And the thing that clicked in my – you bring up the ESPN article. The other thing that you know clicked the K-Love for Blake Griffin thing was mm-hmm. there was an article that maybe the Clippers should trade Blake Griffin. We're saying they should. And then there's another thing that should the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers trade K- Kevin Love. So, I mean – Seems I, those, like a perfect mashup. It does. And, I mean, I feel like both guys just getting a fresh start would be better. And if he goes to Cleveland, he's going to be dealing with Tyron Lue – who I'm pushing this transition here? Ooh. Dealing with Tyron Lue. You like Lue. pushing those transitions? Hey, boy. man! I mean, I'm forcing them. <laughs> Tyron Lue, who is the now over. the head coach of yeah, the step over. Now the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers because LeBron James is a coach killer, right, Ricky? 
I mean, here's the thing. I love the, the hesitation. You know well, you want to go I for the throw on this it, And, I mean, here's the thing. If you would ask me two nights ago, I'm saying, yeah, he's a coach killer. However, there was um, a story came out that Pat Riley apparently said, like, no, he never tried to get Spolster out. And here's my opinion now on it because of that. Maybe in Miami, LeBron might not have been a coach killer because let's be honest. You are the best player and you do have the most influence. But if you went up to Pat Riley and said, hey, I think uh, old Spolster needs to be fired. Pat Riley would look at you and say, get the fuck on the court. What are you doing up here? Go practice. Let me worry about who's coaching this team. Whereas in Cleveland, all that management is like, what What? What do we do? What? Le- Michael Jordan, the shot? What? Uh, LeBron, what do we do? Oh, we'll fire the shot. Yeah. <laughs> I it, think it's, 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 it's a clusterfuck there. That or it's like, oh, LeBron has a player option he left before. Let's get him happy. Yeah, like, the, give, give there's him no way give they're everything. not going to give him everything he wants because it is Cleveland. They want to keep him there. They're afraid to lose him for a second time. They would destroy the city. I mean, they, oh, they would. They burned Cleveland churches burn. last time. Yeah. They're going to riot this time. <laughs> the Quicken Loans Arena would time. burn to the ground. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think he is, honestly. Like, you, you, this is always brought up that LeBron James is a coach killer. Yeah. He's never had, outside of Spolstra, who's had longevity beyond uh, LeBron, no, I don't think any of these guys are fantastic coaches. I mean, I can't say that about Blatt right now because Blatt never really got his chance with a team that but he could pick out. Previously, like, he was quite successful without LeBron. I mean, it was a different league, but mm. still. He got very good uh, results out of the Euro talent, so I think there's no reason to believe that he can't transition that over in the future in the NBA. I think, yeah, I think just Blatt had the wrong rap or just the wrong. Yeah, he was in the wrong position. It was a so, setup. Yeah, so I think Blatt ne- needs his chance, but outside of that, and Spolstra, who has proven that he's a great coach yeah. and wasn't fired by uh, or didn't get fired by the coach by killer, <laughs> but. I mean, other outside of that, Mike Brown is not a good head coach. Byron Scott's not a good head coach. I uh, the previous his first head coach was awful too. I mean, the Cavs sucked with him even before LeBron. So I feel like it's just like they're bad coaches. And then since we think LeBron is like this guy who with a huge ego because he left Cleveland before, I think yeah. we, he's just automatically put in that coach killer position. But I don't think he is a coach killer. And I honestly, I think David Blatt is a good coach, but I don't think he was the right coach for the Cavs, so I understand mm-hmm. the move more as I look at it. But again, do I think it was the right timing? No. I think that was really the thing. It was just weird yeah, it was timing. Yeah, really questionable. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have uh, the opinion that Spolstra definitely got a lot of protection from his management. I mean, you got to think Pat Riley, face of a team, face of the league Wears a pair of pants. Is he wears pants. Put it. Yeah. He He's wears the fucking the, man. Yeah, he yeah. wears the pants in the organization where... In Cleveland, they got a bunch of like dipshits that are like, "Oh, well, LeBron here, run the team." You can Dan, do well, it. Well, Dan Gilbert just sees money, sees money bags in yeah. LeBron. Well, like, how ha- how happy were they to win the draft lottery when Cleveland fans are looking and saying that means we suck, right? But I mean, that means we suck. They, they like top three lottery like three yeah. years in a row. Yeah, Kyrie, Anthony Bennett, and then they got Wiggins. And mm-hmm. the Wiggins one was like, they were like at the 10th spot, too. And then everyone's like, how the fuck did they get it? Was this rigged or something? It was rigged. And then LeBron comes in, and then they trade Wiggins for LeBron. So, or not, they didn't do that. But, you know, they trade Wiggins for because LeBron. of LeBron. Yeah. So, I mean, is LeBron just a team killer then, too? You could make that argument. Because what if it was Kyrie, Wiggins, and then you have David Blatt as the coach running the helm. I mean, would that make Cleveland not a better team than they are now? Because, I mean, LeBron James is still Mm -hmm. one of the best players in the world. But, I mean, maybe he's he's killing the future of Cleveland here. 
I mean, I, they definitely sold out on their long term build because I mean, think about having Kyrie plus Wiggins. Wiggins is dropping like twenty a night at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good shooter. Uh, yeah. his, the rest of the game will catch up uh, pretty soon. You know, we hope. But I don't know. He still I, got the athleticism too, though. I mean, he he's, is. He's, he's kind of like T Mac esque. Maybe Ooh. a little. Maybe a little smaller. Yeah. But like, well, and it seemed like okay. I'm looking back at. LeBron early years. Not like in the T-Mac reference. No. Huh? no. <laughs> all right. All right. Not, all right. not like, well, if we're going to talk T-Mac, you got to talk the real guy, Vince Sanity. But like, yeah, Vince Sanity that's why I didn't say Vince Sanity, because Vince Carter was better. <laughs> but I mean, I look back and it's like, my first thought, like I said earlier, he's a coach killer. And early on, Paul Silas, I don't really count him as that coach, because he came in with LeBron, had was fifth in the Central, they got fired LeBron's second year. So it's like, okay, maybe that was them going, you know what? We need to kind of just get somebody else. They bring in Mike Brown that next year. And Mike Brown stayed with LeBron all the way through until he went to Miami. However, I'm going to throw in, I think he killed Mike Brown in Cleveland because Cleveland might have said, you're the reason he left. If you would have won with him, because here's what happened with Mike Brown and LeBron. 2006, they make the playoffs. They lose to the Detroit Pistons. That's Chauncey, mm-hmm. Wallace, Prince. And then they go to the finals that next year, 07. Who would they run into? Oh, yeah. Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, the Spurs. They got swept. 2008, they lose to the big three in Boston. Yep. 2009, mm-hmm. they lose to Dwight, Dwight. in Orlando. <laughs> The what fir- are you doing? The, the first, we should have a, a the, Stan Van on this, on this video. The first of two possible Kobe-LeBron finals, and then they lose again in the semifinals to the big three in Boston again. I mean, the, the only one that's really questionable like there the was, like, was the Orlando one. That, but then again, he like, was primed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Orlando was just like a be- like they played as a team there where it was kind of just— You mean four it, out, one in? Yeah. It was a great strategy. It was just dishing. It was just yep. threes, 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 threes. But, I mean, that one was kind of just like, well, LeBron has no one around him. And then mm-hmm. you go up against I the say, big what three. Year, what year did Shaq show up in Cleveland? 2010, I, mean, I want to say. I know it was washed up because it, like Big Aristotle Shaq, but still. Because I, I think that was that that was that was end of uh, Phoenix years where it was like his last he got good 2009, year. 2009, 2010. Two thousand nine, okay. two thousand. I was right. Yeah, it was credit too. That was right. Ricky after, was quizzing me on an AI yep. trivia. I know my Shaq trivia. That yeah. was uh, right after Phoenix, before Boston, before it became the big Shamrock. There we go. Yeah, that that that, that check sucked. <laughs> but then in two K, I boosted his stats. Yeah. So it was like KG. It was like a ninety nine. Shaq's a ninety nine. Paul Pierce is a ninety nine. Ray Allen's a ninety nine. We won the championship. Shaq was, was awesome. the bringer of the ring, though. I mean, he got people as close as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in the two K games, Dave's the ultimate in. Greg Oden, because oh you could it take fair. Greg, Greg, could Oden, take Greg Oden and make him a 99. <laughs> I love that game, because Greg Oden, every year, free agent, pick him up, 80, and then he goes 85, then 90, then 95. It's like, what the? Mm-hmm. What, we we what can world? honestly just connect all these things, because <laughs> Shaq, we can connect him to Miami, because Pat Riley, you know, they want to change Illuminati. Greg Six Oden. degrees from yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where we're going. Greg Oden, <laughs> you can bring him back to Miami, too, because he was brought into Miami. They want a ring, and then Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, no one wearing pants and bring it back God. to LeBron, the coach killer. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a coach killer. Remember the picture? Sorry, I get back to the Greg yeah. Oden. <laughs> Remember the picture of Greg Oden behind LeBron looking like his father? It was like it was the creepiest photo I've ever seen. It straight up looked With like old line. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry. It's just burned into my mind. 
I do, when I think of like bad hate pictures, it's Mario Chalmers at the White House where he's just like sitting, like going, like like all scrunched oh, yeah. up face, looking all like that. But I mean, I mean, final thoughts on on Coach Killer LeBron, Ricky? Is he a Coach Killer? Yes or no? No. And the thing I'm going to say is, here's the only stipulation: LeBron may not be like, oh, he's a Coach Killer. However, asterisk number one. Cleveland management might have thought with Mike Brown, hey, you know what? You couldn't do anything with this guy, and he left because of it. We're going to get rid of you, too. So if you want to look at that at being coach killing, you can. With David Blatt, LeBron should have been the man in the house and said, hey, you know what? This isn't the guy that I want in. I want Tyroo. But I'm going Tyru. to Tyru, Tyru, Tyru. But I am going to be a man. I'm going to be a professional, and I'm going to work with the guy they did hire and not try to push him out when the chips were against him. You bring up Coach Killer. I mean, could you also make the the defense that the reason, like, Cleveland might want Mike Brown out way before this. Maybe when they lost to Orlando, then maybe LeBron said, no, I want Mike Brown here. So then once LeBron left, they just got rid of Mike Brown. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he might be a coach saver in some points, too. So, I mean, this whole Coach Killer thing, I'm not buying it. I don't agree with it. I mean, LeBron's LeBron. He'll he's 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 got an ego, but he's also got to be a professional. And I think now that he's kind of matured, now he's getting to his thirties, he's got to be a professional. He's got to understand that you know he's got to play with a team, and he can't really you know bitch about it because he can't do it all himself. Yeah, he's trying to make a legacy for himself. He's still trying to like make this. You know, he's trying to be the biggest star in the NBA. He's trying to be the biggest Absolutely. of all time. So even Kobe needed check. Even Kobe needed well, he needed for the first. Yeah. He just first needed a bank. Yeah. yeah, he just needed a bank. <laughs> Powell, and then Andrew Bynum. Mm-hmm. That was a flash in the pan. Are you right telling there. me Verjao's not good enough? No, no. he <laughs> hasn't been good enough. No, Gauskas not, was not good enough too. The only thing is, good is enough is Verjao's hair. Uh, Verjao's hair is beautiful. I just <laughs> that's about it. Speak of longevity, I mean, Anderson Verjao's been on I, that I team for that. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's, well, he's been on there since LeBron's first tour in Cleveland. Is he the face of Cleveland? I mean, I would maybe, say so. Someone, he's the unsung hero. So. <laughs> Greatest moments in Cleveland sports history, right there. Was Anderson it's all, it's just all Anderson Verjao's hair? Anything of Verjao in it? It's gonna be like if it was a montage, it would be like a LeBron dunk, <laughs> LeBron winning the Easter Conference His final. His face in the background, Anderson Verjao. <laughs> it's like just like. Panning like landscape shots of Anderson mm-hmm. Verjao's hair, like him getting it like shampooed or mm-hmm. something. And since we're just talking about Anderson Verjao's hair right now, I think we got to circle the wagons, bring it back, not bringing it back to just Blake Griffin and K Love, but more of the trades that we see mm-hmm. happening because February 18th is the trade deadline. We're getting close we got up. Got two weeks. Got two weeks. We're getting close to the All Star game, which not lo- not excited about, <laughs> but I'm excited for the trade deadline. Trade deadlines are the best times outside of the NFL because the NFL trade line. Deadline sucks. Two but, weeks from this upcoming Thursday. But MLB, NHL, and NBA's trade deadlines rock, and I'm excited for mm-hmm. it. Any big names that you're thinking should be moved? I'll, I'll start off first so you guys can think, get in your heads. I'm thinking Boogie. Boogie? Is he, is he going to move? Like, here's the thing I think, though. And when you said what big name is going to move, my first thought went nobody. This may be a draft year where nobody big moves. And it's just mm. like little, like, dinkers and dunkers where it's like oh okay this guy went here but who cares about him and this team got this guy because 
they needed to add a bench player. I don't think maybe this is the year nobody big moves. But then you could also argue that, I mean, every conference is so tight and that people are just trying mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs or improve their teams for the playoffs. That's true. That, it might know, be just small moves to tweak yeah. the roster just enough to get them over that hump. Or just the thing that people might panic, like, oh, they're going to get this guy, so we need to make a trade to get this guy. And, like, you know, if if someone gets a DeMarcus Cousins, then there might be need, need a trade to get a Blake Griffin mm-hmm. to kind of even it up. I wish that's the way it worked out. <laughs> so do I. I wish that happened. <laughs> so, But, I mean, you could also say, like, it, it's happened in the MLB before. It's happened around, you know, MLB in many is, different leagues. You, you go full arms race. I love yeah. every year. So uh, NBA, it seems like trying to move a big name out of a city is just such a hassle. What was the last big name to be actually moved? Like, in a mid-year trade? Yeah. Wasn't it Roy Hibbert or was that offseason? That was offseason. That's a big name is Roy Hibbert? Well, and that was after time, he's washed up. Well, at the time, it was big Washed. Maybe Dwight. Up. Was Dwight the last one when he went to L.A.? Or Houston. From Orlando? Maybe. Maybe, well, ugh. There's not that, like, there's not yeah. that many big names that move. Mid-season. Mid-season. Well, then let's make this the year. DeMarcus Cousins is going to Boston. They need to quit winning games for him to go anywhere. And you're right. They need to stop losing games. But then again, is Vivek Ranadive enough of a man to realize his team sucks and is not going to be, is not built for the future, that he's got to trade his piece to rebuild his rebuild this team because first off Sacramento is not like a, a bright spot for free agents so if you keep DeMarcus Rondo's gonna leave because he's he's having this I say he's balling the, out here the last minute pickup of the person nobody would even want on their team because you know he went out like absolute team cancer mm-hmm. last postseason in Dallas I mean mm-hmm. it's brutal and then he comes in here and performs and I'm like that's old Rondo. Like, what? Where the fuck was he after the Celtics? Not just that. The mind tricks at the line of okay, we're gonna play some musical chairs. Okay, now try to shoot it. Oh wait, you missed it. <laughs> and then another thing with like Rondo, like, all right, he wants to, you know, he's having this breakout season, so someone's gonna pay him, and he can go mm-hmm. from a place that's not Sacramento to a team uh, to a place that's actually like desirable to be in. Maybe like an L.A., maybe L.A. Clippers back up Chris Paul and be back with Doc Rivers, but I'm thinking, you know, he they're not gonna be able to bring in a big name free agent unless they're like you know, trading for him, and the guy has no choice to come here. So you're not going to be able to build a team around DeMarcus for right now. You have Rudy Gay and DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo right now, and that team's not going to win a championship. That team's not, you know, it's barely competing for a playoff spot. So I think you got to restart. I don't Mm -hmm. think Vivek's going to do it, but if he does, I want to see Boogie go to the Celtics because the Celtics are in desperate need of a big. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You say the Celtics are in desperate need of a big? They've got the most bigs in the NBA. Yeah, but they all suck. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Jared Sullinger's fat and can't run. You can barely shoot. <laughs> Kelly Olenek's only good for breaking K-Love's arm. Yeah. Cody Zeller's... Or, no, or is it Tyler? No, it's Cody. Yeah, it's Cody Zeller. Yeah. Cody Zeller's trash. I mean, all of these bigs... Whatever for, Zeller it is. Yeah, I mean, both <laughs> Zellers are trash. I mean, they they have bigs, but that doesn't mean they're good. They're kind of like the Cleveland bigs. They have quantity mm-hmm. over quality. Yeah, And, you know, Boogie is the biggest quality big man. I mean, probably outside of Anthony Davis, he's the, the best big man in the league. So, I mean, I feel like Boogie would make this team much better because you got the drash size comparison and Isaiah Thomas and yeah. Boogie Cousins who have also played together in Sacramento. So I feel you got some, you know, chemistry there and the trade works out. It's DeMarcus Cousins for David Lee, which that's basically a cap dump because he's done after this year. Yep. Jared Sullinger, which again, cap dump. He's a free agent after this year. RJ Hunter, who possibly a guard of the future, could shoot. True. And then you got the first round pick of the Brooklyn Nets, which is looking like the third pick in the draft at the lottery plays out like with odds. So you're getting a, a draft pick for the future that could be a top player. Maybe it could even turn into Ben Simmons. So, I mean, it could be a very 
useful trade for Sacramento to rebuild, and then you know Celtics are getting DeMarcus Cousins, who is just a complete game changer and up guy with him like Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he's kind of like Rondo in a way where he's just a better scorer, and you know he could pass it off yeah. to DeMarcus, so his assist numbers will go up. Marcus Smart will be able to be spreading out the floor. He can shoot more. A.B. Bradley can shoot more. So I feel like this is just a perfect trade for the Celtics. It's a big name. I feel like that's the thing that I want to see happen. But like Ricky said, are they even going to trade him? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I love that trade from both sides. It gives the Kings so much potential to grow as a team in the future and gives them the assets they need to do that and enough cap, like you said, to dump off next season. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, you get rid of the biggest problem in, that the Celtics have, which is a bunch of middle-tier bigs who just take up space. That whole rotation of bigs, you're basically being screwed over by all these smaller, more athletic lineups because you're out there having to play three-plus bigs every night for quality minutes, and you're just basically sitting in your hands watching yourselves getting run up and down the court left and right, and it's like, shit. The good news is you put Boogie in there, you get some of the bigs out of town, I think you got a solid lineup. I mean, that team can compete in the playoffs. Yeah, now, and- I got a question about Boston. I only do this because right now... I'm trying to work something. You got some crazy... Well, uh, well, I'm trying you to... You are also the guy who traded Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick for Kevin Love and Matthew Delavadova. Yeah. So you're that, obviously that, that an awful works. GM. Yeah. However... Yeah, it works here, in some world. Here's the premise of the trade I'm trying to get okay. worked out. Here's the three teams I've got. Houston, Indiana, and Boston. And the reason being is, first off, I'll be honest. If there's one big name I feel like needs to go, it's Dwight because... For the Rockets, we mentioned it on an older podcast, Sean, where I just feel like the Rockets would work better without Dwight. And with them, they're going to be getting a new coach next year. Hopefully it's Tom Thibodeau. But one of the teams that may need a big, the Indiana Pacers. Another team that Dave has mentioned two seconds ago has way too many bigs, maybe could take in a guy like Trevor Ariza, who the Rockets want to get rid of. So the pieces I have in place... I'm just trying to find the little, like, mm-hmm. okay, because th- the Pacers need to get rid of cap room. They're getting Howard. The Rockets right now get David Lee and Monta Ellis, and the Celtics get Trevor Reza and Jordan Hill. The only thing is I have to find more cap for the Pacers to get rid of in order to take on Dwight's $22 million. And I don't know where I'm going to find $8 million because they're not going to trade George Hill. They're not going to trade trade Paul George, do they trade the young players? I don't know. That's the only way this is going to work. You could put, uh, I mean, I don't think that trade is going to work anyways, but I mean, you you put Stucky to Houston, that will work cap room-wise. But, I mean, what's really in it for the Celtics? You get Trevor Ariza and you're dumping off David Lee, but and you're also getting Jordan Hill, but I mean, also, why are they giving all these guys to Boston when they're just giving up mm-hmm. David Lee? So it's just kind of like an obvious choice for Boston I yeah, mean, Boston, DeMar- Boston's losing just David Lee. He goes to Houston. Houston's losing a reason Howard. They go to Boston and in Indiana. Indiana, just to get Howard, is losing Hill, Ellis, and Stuckey. That just, wow. And that also that destroys both the Pacers and Rockets because the Rockets, they don't have a big well, now. Yeah. I mean, outside of Capella. It, it only, the win analysis only brings the Pacers down one win. And oh, it gives the win them analysis big. knows. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I would But you're also, the Rockets are also getting screwed over, losing mm-hmm. six wins. So, I mean, that's... I don't think that's going to work out, but I, I agree that Dwight, you know, if he's going to, if there's another big that's going to move, it's going to be work. Dwight. Uh, but I don't know if Indiana or Boston, like they, it sounds no. 
right in your head, but I feel like those teams aren't really going to fit. I don't know. I've seen Indy with a big. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> hey, Roy Hibbert was great when he was, he started off. He was great Before in Parks and Rec. He absolutely, yeah, he was, actually. Before he crumbled in the playoffs. He's he was... better when he's grabbing shrimp. There you go. Get in debt left shrimp. Or maybe, I mean, maybe just bring out back all the Pacer bigs. David West? Too. David West. So I mean, that's that, that might yeah. be maybe 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 the stretch four is what they need. Maybe not Dwight Howard, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could see Dwight moving. But again, Houston's kind of climbing back in the playoff race. It seems like they might be gelling at some points, and it seems like they're falling off now. Yeah, I mean, I think they just need a little time. Yeah, I think it's more time, and they're gonna sneak in, and then maybe they can be dangerous, like in the playoffs if they're going up against. Who like, knows a Dallas. how many free throws they will take? I mean, between Dwight and Harden, like, Jesus Christ. Here's a successful trade just between the Rockets and the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it hurts the Rockets a little bit, and it helps the Celtics maybe not as much more. But the Rockets would give up Ariza, Jones, and Sam Decker for David Lee. How is that a good trade for either of those teams? It's the win analysis for the trade. So David Lee for Dwight Howard? No, no, no. Dwight's not in this trade. No, it's David Lee comes to the Rockets, and then Ariza... Jones and Decker. So he wants go to take to out Boston. their perimeter shooting and give them David Lee. Because and here's the win analysis. The Ladies win and gentlemen, this is not NBA 2K. Yeah, the win and, and the yeah, win you analysis have like four says on two. This is how it's going through. The win analysis says that Houston would go minus two, Boston would go plus three, and I'm just working out maybe like I took Indiana out. Okay, can I work a David Lee to Houston deal? Because Houston's Houston wants does to get not rid of need Trevor David Lee, though. Uh, this is yeah, th- that's a bad trade. Because I mean, Trevor Ariza is like He's decent, yeah, yeah, and David Lee's trash. Yeah, I mean, you're freeing up a lot of cap space. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it worked. No, I, well, I, I can get out. a trade that works <laughs> too. It, it could probably get like <laughs> Steph Curry going to the Cavs for like absolutely Delhi you know and a, Tristan Thompson. But you know, there it's you another go. player I do want to see traded, but we won't because he's injured. Joakim Noah. I, I want to no see him go. traded from the Bulls. As, a Bulls, as Bulls fans, fans yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're all we're pretty all much Bulls done fans. with our time here. Yeah. He, he is Ooh. far and away removed from his defensive player of the year. I run. love how yeah. it was an article on ESPN. They're like, oh, some of the questions. Well, the Bulls had a question in their front court, but, oh, wait, injuries kind of solved that because you took Joakim out, and now Taj Portis Thank and God for Bobby. Nikola is like, hey, you know what? We're all gelling now, and it's like, just keep Noah away. If he wasn't injured— Move I would him. say trade them, move them, get them out you, of here. Who are you trying to get? Who are you trying to get though? Like what? What position do the Bulls need to improve? Bench, any scoring off the bench, defense off the bench, anything off the bench. I mean, if That's you're looking for need. bench points, yeah, you know, there's always Swaggy P. There's always <laughs> Swaggy P, baby. Uh, it's not like it's not like the Lakers need them. I mean, that's no. a team that mm-hmm. they're they're just gonna dump cap because look, they're a shit team already. They're gonna go in and hope to continue rebuilding this team post Kobe era. So. Any team that needs scoring off the bench has an easy answer because there's one thing that man will do. It is shoot the ball. Doesn't matter where on the court he is, <laughs> but he will shoot the ball and he'll end up scoring points for you eventually. So, I mean, why not? Why not, Swaggy P? All right. you, you Dave, I, I Dave mentioned of, earlier when we brought yeah. up Joe Kim Noah, you said you would love him in a Timberwolves unit. I, I think, <laughs> I th- I think uh, the swap for uh, Pekovic would be interesting because think about this. They need somebody down low who can keep the ball moving and who doesn't mm-hmm. absolutely kill the lane because they do have Carl Anthony Towns on that team. Yeah. And he is growing into a and, stud. I mean, an absolute stud. He's growing yeah. into basically, we're hoping for a Tim Duncan, you know, esque career. I know it's early. Might even, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, he looks like a better scorer than Tim. I know. That's, I, I mean, didn't want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to start making those comparisons. But it, he, again, he's young. 
Mm-hmm. He is much younger than Tim Duncan was coming into the league, less polished. Yeah. But he's able to put up great points, great boards, and good defensive effort. So, I mean, and, you put and, Joe in there. you got defense. You've got someone who's got a lot of playoff um, experience. Know, experience. Yeah. And you got someone who can be, like, an emotional leader of that team. He drove the Bulls for several years, team on the back style. I'm going to interject first before you, Ricky. So then Carl Anthony Towns is going to be mentored by Joe Kim Noah yeah. and Kevin Garnett. Well, and here's so, the thing. Garnett, I figure, is kind of done. Before we, before well, we talk mentoring. about yeah. mentoring, though, yeah. the thing you got to think about, Joe Kim, this is the last year of his contract. Yeah. 13, then the biggest thing with a trade with Joe Kim mm-hmm. would be that contract, that $13.4 million. I have a trade. Yeah, Pekovic is, is at total, 24 for two years, though, is, so it's not that big of a difference. I'm throwing this out here. This is just a trade that would work, would give no Joe Kimoff, give us some bench players, and it involves a player that the Memphis Grizzlies may be shopping around. We would trade Joe Kim Noah to the Grizzlies for Courtney Lee, one-year contract, Mario Chalmers, one-year contract, and Vinsanity. No. Uh, all if ben, they're, all if they're dumping, they're dumping and, Jeff Green. Yeah, and well, Jeff Green, I was gonna throw him in there, but he didn't have enough to build up to that. It's at thirteen point four for Joe. It's a lot of contract. Yeah. I know. like I mean, Jeff Green. I looked at him, but he's at what eight hundred thousand. You threw out bench. You guys threw out bench players mm-hmm. uh, in Timberwolves. Uh, I I I got one. Noah for Kevin Martin, Tayshawn Prince, and Andre Miller. Prince and Miller just expiring contracts there, and then Kevin Martin scoring off the bench. Kmart is yeah, he's solid, and they already have a good outside yeah. perimeter shooting. So and they're backed up at, at the guards because they got Rubio, they got Wiggins, they got Levine, they got Muhammad who could play, you know, and yeah. they got Tyus Jones. And right now it's a whole lot of Levine and Wiggins, and they're doing mm-hmm. a great job at it. But yeah, mm-hmm. you, you never throw out your name. I mean, you you threw out oh. Noah. Mm-hmm. Who's your I, big I, name? I think I think you could just straight up swap uh, Pekovic for Ryan Anderson. Think about this. How crowded Ryan Anderson, like, his game has... He However, the, his game pist- on the, the Pistons are also very interested in Anderson. But that's because who doesn't want a, a center <laughs> who can shoot threes? Well, I'm just saying, you said the Timberwolves. I'm thinking, well, the Pistons would be in on that, too. I, I don't know. It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. They have a defensive presence down low already. And Anderson, I'm sorry, I said center. Power forward. Yeah. But, I mean, this day the and age, four, five, same thing. They can yeah. be the same. So, again, you've got somebody down low who you can just straight up ball with. And you want to stretch that court out. He can take threes. He's a great fit for both of those teams. I mean, yeah, Ryan Anderson, I think, will actually end up changing a lot of teams if he goes there. Like, we saw him in the past, and we hope for a much larger impact, but Pelicans just, it's not going to work. And you're, ta- you're talking Ryan Anderson going to the Timberwolves, right? Timberwolves, or, no, actually, now that you bring up the, uh, well, the Pistons, I'm going like to throw Pistons. this out there, and this is another one. Do they do the Pistons even trade this? I Guy who's got a one-year contract, similar salary to Ryan Anderson, do they say, okay, let's do Brandon Jennings for Ryan Anderson straight up? That would One-year contracts, could, both around $18.5 million. I could Do see they that. pull that trigger? I mean, the Pelicans are getting point two million or $200,000 uh, money. I get money. Yeah. They get two hundred. They, they, they get point two money. They're close, yeah. Point two money. money. How do you Shut not up, turn Dave. that down? <laughs> I could say if uh, if the Pelicans just give up on the season, because, I mean, Brandon Jennings is obviously, he's he wants the ball in his hands 24-7, you know. I think he sleeps with the, the basketball in his hands. He might Brandon Jennings. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just, and, and you're going to lose him at the end of the season, which is, I think Pelicans kind of want, but, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, if they're giving up on the season, then maybe it will work. But I mean, you're also just getting you're you're dumping off cap that it's going to be gone anyways. But at the same time, so Ryan Anderson, the team. like he may be stunting the growth of like Anthony Davis. You're not going to see mm. you're not going to see your base play as much because he's out there and he's a known commodity. But they've also they've also worked last year. It's not like they didn't work last year, Davis and Anderson. I'm not saying they didn't work. I'm just saying it could be better. All right. I mean. Davis is still having a crazy year, 22.9 points and 10. He ain't ain't no all-star. The all-stars are shit, though. (laughs) I mean, I don't agree with, like, Kobe starting, you got D. Wade starting over Jimmy, and then even the reserves are kind of bullcrap with Damian Lillard not even being on the all-star team. Another trade with the Timberwolves that includes Anderson. T-Wolves give up Pekovic. They get Anderson and Perkins. That's only a thing... No, that's a trade. Perk. It's like you know what he doesn't want well, to be on. The, he doesn't want well, to be the Pelicans. Th- that's, ju- that's just for cap because of Pekovic's twelve million yep. compared to the eight. But I mean, you're dumping some cap if you can get Ryan Anderson on a bigger contract. Maybe swap out Anderson for Pekovic and send him off to play with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Any final last? Does Brooke Lopez go from uh, Brooklyn? You think he goes? How many years have we been talking about will Brooke Lo- Lopez get traded? Will Taj Gibson go as, no. as a Bulls homer? I, homer. I really don't like I You'd Joe, rather see no. Joe's yeah, no, the no, guy no. that has you, you to go. You want Joe out of town. Well, he's the guy that has to go. I don't but know. But you're not going to be able injured. To so, with Bobby Portis emergence, do you think we've seen enough of Bobby that we can pass off Taj? Maybe. He's still got value. Do we trade? Because Taj has got two years left, so we could really just sit on him and trade him next year if we really wanted to. Yeah, yeah, we could. Because, I mean, the thing with the Bulls is we've got so much, like, Paul Gasol. We've got so much, well, but no, we, we can't We can't win, I know, I know, we can't win. But it's like, with the backcourt, we got Bobby Portis, who is a young rookie. He's got three more years of just $1.3 million. So if he can kind of develop nicely, we've got Nikola, who's got... Next year, still, they're talking about Paul Gasol being like, hey, we don't want to trade him. We want to re-sign him for the future. I'm not saying Taj isn't expendable, but maybe it's next year, not this year. We've also been talking. You brought up like what we're talking about when Brooke Lopez is going to be traded. We've been talking about Taj getting traded for years, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, it's I been know. consistent trade talk mm-hmm. about Taj. And Taj is never like... I like I like how it never really affected Taj. Taj has always been a no. performer in and out. He's, he's a, a he's a real, yeah he is a professional. So I mean I, I would I'd be sad to see Taj go, and I'm sad to see Noah go too as a, as a Bulls fan. It's the end of a different era. Yeah, do, maybe one more final bull. That's how we'll end it. Do you pull this trigger? And this is the last thing I'm going to say for the podcast. All right. Taj Gibson, eight point five million for Jeff Green, who expires at the end of the year. No, I don't know. Taj Gibson, who he's got two years. Jeff Green, who you'd get just for this year, because let's be honest, we wouldn't re-sign Jeff Green. But Jeff, I mean, Jeff Green's he's a good shooter, but I mean, he's kind of like or Courtney, Michael, or Courtney Lee, pick one. I think whichever I go for one Jeff Green. Want. I think I would take that trade. Mm, I, I like, I, I like. I don't know. Maybe it's just my like feelings towards Taj, but I don't like Jeff Green. Courtney, Courtney Lee, we would have to pull a little bit more out of Memphis, but Taj for Jeff Green works perfect. Final thoughts here. Last thing on the Bulls, because we keep bringing up end of an era, mm-hmm. D-Rose. 
Is this his last year in a Bulls uniform? No, next year. He's got one more year. <laughs> well, I was saying maybe they trade him. No. They're not trade him? No one's going to want him. He's interesting. It's, it's hard to sell him right now. Even though he yeah. is performing much better since the, the face mask removal, the haircut, uh, very, the haircut. very famous in Chicago. But uh, no, he's, he's not going anywhere this year. All right. No D-Rose trade. We want Noah I, out. I want we a want superstar to... gone. <laughs> Just do it. Just... Draw first blood. I trade LeBron Boogie, James. Boogie's yeah, the... trade LeBron, trade Steph. Let's have a fantasy draft. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's what I want to see—an NBA fantasy draft. Get this whole thing shaken up. <laughs> Tell us down below who you think should be traded uh, in the upcoming two weeks uh, before the trade deadline. Is a big big name going to go? Is it going to be quiet moves? Is it going to be like a Mike Miller trade? I mean, let's see what happens. Mike Do you think say Joe Johnson jo- often rumored? I, is he going to go? I tried to work out a trade for uh, Joe Johnson to the Cavs. Way <laughs> too much money on Joe Johnson's side. I even tried putting Anderson Verjao in there. Mm-hmm. Not working out. One thing we didn't talk about, but I want to hear what the listeners have to say down below. Does a team like Washington or New York try to make some cap room for a KD sweepstakes? Maybe that's a that, maybe that's a possible uh, podcast uh, idea, Ricky. Huh? Uh, Not bad. So tell us down in the comments below, what big name do you think is going to be moved? Is it just be quiet moves? Is KD going to go somewhere after this offseason? Tell us what you think about the whole Blake Griffin situation in Los Angeles. Is LeBron a coach killer? We got a lot of topics this week for you. We got a lot of we got a lot of answer or questions, and we want your answers uh, from you. But anyways, this has been the Fast Break Podcast on Most Valuable Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter uh, at Most Valuable Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook at Most Valuable Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on SoundCloud. Retweet this, all that. You know, push us out because we're great. We, we, we love doing this for you guys. I'm Sean Anderson. Alongside me was Dave Oster and Ricky Wimmer, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.